Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Uh, If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 3. We're going to read verses 13 through 17. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13. Man, I like... Don't y'all love our host team? Look at them. They passing out. What they got little trays? They're like, ooh, come get your cool church water. I like that. Come on, y'all. I love that. Y'all give it up for the host one time. I'm stalling to get my emotions together. I'm stalling. Matthew 13, verses, excuse me, Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. I'm going to preach this thing like I feel this thing. Here we go. The Bible says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? You should underline that. And you come, you come to me? That's a, great, that's a great question there. Jesus replied, I love this. Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. That's a good place to say amen. Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. A voice from heaven said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. It probably sounded like the voice of Mufasa. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. At least I hope that's how it sounds. That's cool. If if you're taking notes today on this message, man, I just entitled it All In. All In. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this day. I really thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, God. I know every moment of life that we have is precious. It is special. Thank you for allowing me to see 40. And God, thank you for allowing me to operate in purpose and do what I love the most, God. On the day that you made me, I get to do what I love the most, which is point people to Jesus, God. I know they celebrated me, but I pray by the time it's all said and done, they celebrate you. Because I know that's what I'm here for. I'm not here for nothing else but to show people who your son is. I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears will be open and receptive to a word that's always going to be about Jesus. God, I thank you. And by the time this is all over, somebody's going to know you that didn't know you before. That's my prayer. That's my heart. In Jesus' name I pray and everybody said, amen. amen. Can y'all give Jesus a shout of praise, man, please? It's not supposed to be this hard. Supposed to be all stoic and stuff when you get for when you get to 40, man. 
crying like a 14-year-old. <laughs> I had a group of uh, friends and family surrounding me the other night, man. I, I just want to thank everybody in this season, man. Everybody's shown me so much love. And I, I love the fact that this house celebrates folks when they're here. We won't wait till they're gone to tell them how awesome they are, man. You celebrate them when you see them. And I'm, I'm thankful for it. And my wife, she's been so special. I love her more and more every day. But, man, 40, she went to another level, man. She's been doing all kinds of stuff. Like, she'd be disappearing for, like, parts of the day. I'm like, where you going? She's setting stuff up. And I'm, I'm like, just being real annoying. Like, hey, so where, where'd you go? So what'd you, do now? what'd you do now? What'd you do now? Like, I know she's doing stuff for me, but I just really like to mess with her. And she's been running around like crazy, just putting everything together. And, baby girl, I just want to say thank you so much for loving me the way you do. Nobody loves me like you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know my mom and dad are out here too, man. Uh, I love y'all. Um, man, thank you for uh, letting me look like y'all. Praise God. And, 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 you know, dad, I love you, but mom had to do most of the work, man. She had to carry me for nine months. So, mama, I love you. Man, thank God. It's a big head here. I don't know how. Thank God. Okay. Y'all know. <laughs> I was telling a group of friends the other night um, when I was a kid. You know how when you're a kid, everybody asks you, like, oh, man, what, what, what do you want to what do you want to do when you grow up? And my response to that always, and my mom even re remembers this as a little kid, when people used to ask me what I want to do when I grow up, I, I didn't say things like I want to be an astronaut or I want to be a fire. I didn't say that. It was like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I was like, I just want to help people. That's always what I said. But then sometimes they would switch the question. And they would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And to that question, my response, I never gave I, I, I never gave with my mouth, but it was always happening in my mind. When they said, what do you want to be in my mind, I would always think, the only thing I want to be is alive. I just want to be alive. Now, you say, that's, that's kind of dark, but like, why, why, why would that be the thought in the, in, the, in the mind of a young child? Well, I say it all the time, man. I was born and raised in the county of Dade, 305, holla at your boy, Carroll City. They don't call it that no more. They call it Miami Gardens, but I believe it's Carroll City. So growing up in Carroll City, man, you would hear these statistics all the time. It was just like, my parents, man, they fought hard. They raised me in a good home. There was nothing that we did not need, that we did not have. And I thank them for that. But man, some of the surrounding areas and neighborhoods in the communities, man, just weren't necessarily the safest. So I used to always hear the statistics growing up that, you know, for, for an African-American man, usually by the age of 21, we're dead or in jail. I grew up hearing that. So for me... When somebody asked me what I wanted to be back then, I was like, yo, I just want to be alive. Like, if I, if I make it past 21, like, like y'all don't understand. I was like, man, I'm going to have a party of all parties because I'm not supposed to be here. Like, you have to understand that at the age when I thought like that, I thought 40 was ancient. I was like, man, they saying I ain't getting to 21. 40, man, I probably had like a cane by then, man. Like, I thought 40 was so far off. I stand in front of you today and I'm 40. Four. I didn't have too much vision for beyond 40 because I never thought I'd ever see 40. 
I only saw up to what they said I could be. I only saw the potential of what people said. I did not see the potential of what God had already decreed. I never ever thought in my life I would make it to this day. Like when I got to 30, I was like, man, I might get there. I might actually make it. I know it's dark, but it's the truth. And I'm so thankful just to have life on this, on this day, August 29th, 2021. If I'm thankful for anything, I am thankful to be alive. But let me tell you something. It's even better than that. Because I'm not just alive. I graduated high school. Some of y'all like, some kids like, man, I hope I get there. I didn't just graduate high school, man. I graduated college. I got two college degrees. Not only that, I got to marry my college sweetheart. And this past Wednesday, we celebrated 14 years of marriage. Praise God. But not only that, we're business owners. We got a shop down in Miami and we selling stuff all over the world. Praise Jesus. Not only that, I get to co-pastor the greatest church on the entire planet. Cool church people that understand that they are created out of love. But not only that, I'm healthy. I had to be to the doctor for nothing in the longest time. I thank God that I have my health. I might not have my hair, but I have my health. But not only that, man, I'm a homeowner. I live in a house that we pay for. Listen, hey, you know why I'm really excited? I got good credit. No, 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 I got, listen, I got great credit. Because I've stewarded the finances that God has blessed me and my family with. But not only that, man, I'm a girl dad. Oh, I love my baby girl, man, she is my worst. She is everything to me. I never knew as a kid that I get the opportunity to raise a beautiful world changer, and I am thankful for that. But the best thing is, man, I got family all around me, family that knows that I am saved and sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And every day that I'm alive, I'm going to live my life to profess the name of Jesus, the name that is above all names, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm not just alive. I'm alive with purpose. Purpose not to point to myself, but purpose to point to Jesus. I don't care what anybody says, I know, and I need y'all to know, that if you just look around, if we're alive, we are all walking, talking, living, breathing miracles. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a miracle. Look at your other neighbor, the one you don't like so much because you picked them second and say, you're a miracle. <laughs> so y'all got to forgive me if I turn up. If I shout a little bit on August 29th, because I'm happy to be here, and I'm excited about looking at miracles, and I'm excited for the future that I never saw before. See, now you get to 40, I'm like, well, maybe I can make it to 80. No, 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 that's not long enough, man. I, I, want, I want triple digits. I want 100. No, 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 no. I want what the Bible promised. I want my whole 120. And the church said? Yeah. See, now that I'm here, 
because I got to this position, now I can see further than I've ever seen before. And I promise you today, I feel more alive than ever. If 40 has taught me anything, you be thankful for the moments. But man, Sebastian said I look like 30. The truth is, I feel like I'm 20. I'm ready to do whatever God has caused me to do. And if 40 is already teaching me anything, I want to live the next half of my life all in. Like, I don't want to do nothing halfway, man. The problem with halfway is you begin to regret the things that you didn't do. I want to live my life all in, in this next season of my life, because I still at 40 believe that I got so much more to offer this world. At 40, like, I'm smarter than I was at 20. Thank God. Hey, if you think you know something and you're 20, sit down. Wait till you're 40. <laughs> just hey, if you're just 20, just shut up and listen to people. It'll change your life. Just, 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 ah. Uh, Oh, man, if I'd have listened to some people, there's some things I would not have done. My goodness gracious. I know so much more than I know. My faith is greater than it has ever been, man. I got more hope than I ever have had before. Man, I got bigger dreams than I had. Man, now that I'm here, I'm like, yo, I could do anything, man. I could, I, I'm believing God for stuff that don't even make sense at this time in my life and if you know you got more to do if you understand that you live and walk and breathe in purpose then you got to understand that what you do you must go all in because the worst thing to do is just live life casually man yesterday i was out on a boat with some friends and they're gonna laugh some of them because they already know where i'm going with this story i was out on this boat i was turning up man i felt like it was like a 90s rap video and i was like diddy like take that take that like i was on the boat i was chilling and then my, my wife, she's awesome. She knows I like jet skis, so she had a jet ski pull up. And I, man, I jumped, I got on this jet ski. I'm about, oh, I'm, I'm about to let this jet ski have it, yo. I'm about, oh, I'm, I'm about to go in. I jump on the jet ski full throttle. And because I'm acting like I'm in a 90s uh, rap video, I'm standing up on the jet ski. I was looking like Khaled. The Coast Guard was chasing me. No, Coast Guard wasn't chasing me. But I was, I was, I was going full throttle on this jet ski and I don't know what happened. But as I'm going full throttle on this jet ski, I don't know where that wave came from. That wave hit me. I did one of these. Next thing I know, I'm up in the air, flying headfirst into the ocean. I crash land in the ocean. I swim. I'm a great swimmer. Thank you, Dad, for throwing me in the ocean and said, find your way back. Thank you. I'm a great swimmer. So I swim. I catch the jet ski that is going off into the horizon. I pull back up onto the back end of the jet ski. What do you think my next move was? Y'all think I came back to the boat all slow and all chill and all cautious? No. I stood back up on the jet ski. I hit that thing full throttle and I was doing donuts around the boat like I didn't get thrown off. And the church said... It's on video. <laughs> you say that? I shouldn't say amen. That's stupid. Why would you, why would you do that? I love being a pastor because you see God in all things, man. 
I fell off that jet ski, and I ain't gonna lie, I felt real stupid. I had to like take a little slice of humble pie. But as I got back up on the back of that jet ski, I said, now how is the rest of this thing gonna play out for you? You gonna be scared now because you fell? Or you gonna get back on and go hard? And I had to really think to myself, I just want somebody to hear me. Sometimes you gonna fall down in life. Sometimes things won't go the way that you plan. But I rather fail with a face full of faith than to live my life comfortably sitting back, chill, not doing what God has called me to do. I don't want to do anything halfway. I want to get back up. I'm going to fail sometimes, but I'm going to fail forward. Sometimes things ain't going to work the way that I plan, but I know that when I go back to it, I'm not going to be chill about it. I'm going to go back harder because I know if I put my all into it, eventually I'm going to get it right because the truth is I have have no regrets about what I did because when I did it, I did it my way. I did it all the way. I wasn't complacent. I wasn't casual. And in this culture where people think it's cool to sit on a couch and praise Jesus, I'm not going to be that dude. I'm going to get up on the pulpit. I'm going to stand four to five with my feet on the ground and I'm going all in. I'm not going to stand back. I'm not going to be doing Jesus in my pajamas all comfortable. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to put on my clothes. I'm going to coming to the house of the Lord and I'm going to be full. Sometimes we're going to fail a little bit. Sometimes we might have some misstep. But I promise you, when we come back, we're going to come back harder because when we do it, we don't regret what we do because we are going all in. If you believe it, say amen. I ain't doing nothing halfway no more, man. I want to live my life that way. Oh, I should have done this. Wish I could have done that. Go do it. Go do it. Live your life that way. The days of the casual Christian are over. I love my online family. And if you got to be there, you're immunocompromised, you can't get here for whatever reason, I love you. Keep watching. But if you sitting at home comfortable in your pajamas because you ain't feel like dealing with a little bit of humidity, I'm going to be that dude at 40 to say, you need to get your butt up and get to the house of the Lord. We can't be, ca like, like, we're being casual with Christianity while the devil is being cavalier with his nonsense. We can't afford to be casual Christians. We got to be all in. You see, what I find interesting about going all in is that in order to go in, you got to fully submit. Say, well, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Like, all in sound like being reckless. No. When you're all in, it does not mean that you are reckless. It just means that you're fully submitted. Fully submitted to what? Submit to the process. Taking notes, submit to the process. I only got two points, so this should go real quick. Submit to the process. I love it because people in these days, they don't like to submit fully to the process of faith. Like Christianity is cool. It looks good on your timeline, but not in your everyday life. Christianity is something that has become so, so chill. And it bothers me 
when those same people come to me for counseling saying, Pastor, my life ain't going well. I'm like, you reading your Bible? No. You coming to the church? No. You praying? No. You can't expect the favor of the Lord if you don't have faith to submit to the process of the Lord. Thank you, sir. I like you. I like people that preach with me. You want the blessing. You want the favor, but you don't want to fully submit to what God is asking you to do. And you're upset that your life is going crazy when all you got to do is lean in to what God is asking you. Submit to the process. This is not something that Jesus just asked us to do. He did it himself. Look at Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. That is crazy. Jesus comes to the river, the savior of man, redemption before creation. The son of God comes to get baptized by his human cousin, John the Baptist. Look at John in verse 14. He says, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replies, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill righteousness. Then John consented. Matthew is the only gospel that tells this story this way. All of the gospels have a version of this encounter with John encountering Jesus and the baptism takes place. But Matthew is the only one where John says, Jesus, I'm not even comfortable doing this. Like, you should be baptizing me. I should not be baptizing you. Matthew is the only author that records that occurrence that way. And when I read that, I feel just like John the Baptist did. Because I'm sitting here just like some of y'all as I'm telling this story. And I'm like, why would Jesus need to be baptized by another human? He's Jesus. Like that, that, that's weird, man. Like, don't y'all find there be some weird stuff in the Bible sometimes? I'm like, God, help me understand, why is Jesus being baptized by John? Jesus says some very important, extremely important, and if you just casually read your Bible, you will pass by what he says in response to John. John's like, man, I should be baptized by you. Jesus' response says, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. To truly understand what Jesus was saying and know that that wasn't just a simple blanket statement, you have to understand the context in which he was saying that. You see, righteous, there's a Greek word for righteousness, and it's dikaiosune, dikaiosune. And let me tell you what it means. It means, in a broad sense, the state of him who is as he ought to be. Here's another definition for it. The condition acceptable to God. Righteousness. The condition acceptable to God. I'll give you my 2021 translation, layman's terms. The condition acceptable to God can be translated to this. God's way. Condition acceptable to him, God's way. So you can reread that verse 
And you could hear Jesus saying, it is proper for us to do this to fulfill the condition acceptable to God. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill God's way. Changes the whole way you read the verse. You say, well, why is, why is that important, Pastor? You're supposed to be preaching. Now you're trying to teach me? You're supposed to be preaching? You're trying to teach? Here's what I want you to understand. I love the thought of the condition that's acceptable to God, God's way. As a dad, I see God through the lens of a father now because I'm a father myself. So there's a way that I like things done, the condition that is acceptable to me, and then there's a way that my child likes to do it. I love my child. But when I ask my child to clean her room, one of two things happens. She does it my way or she does it her way. Let me tell you how she does it. When I say, baby girl, I need you to clean your room, for her, clean means to hide. It means stuff under the bed. It means take all the clothes, just throw it in the closet and close it. Stuff hiding under the sheets, right? She, do, she does everything, and when it's done, it looks good, but it's not actually clean. When I tell her to clean the room, what I expect, the condition that is acceptable to me, is not to hide your things. Actually put your things away. Not even just put your stuff away. I, I don't want you to just wipe down and brush off a surface. I, I don't want it hidden. I actually want it cleaned. I want you to spray down surfaces. I want you to sweep your room. I want you to mop your room. I don't want you to mask a smell. I don't want you to mask the filth. I actually want you to clean it. Take off your bed sheets and put them in the washing machine. There's a black stain on there because they've been down for weeks. There's animals in that thing. Like, don't just hide it. Don't just mask it. I need you to clean it. My version of clean is not my child's version of clean. And there's two ways in life you can do anything. Your way, God's way. Your way, God's way. For the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 29, there is a way that appears right. It looks good, but it's still a mess. There's a way that appears right, but in the end, it leads to death. This is why the Bible says things like, our righteousness is as filthy rags. You ever tried to clean the kitchen with a filthy rag? You know that rag that you keep by the sink and you wipe dishes with? Well, after you use it the first time, it's no longer clean, but some people will take that same rag and they'll keep on using that rag. Me and my wife, we have like paper towel wars in the house. Because when I clean something, I'm taking new paper towels every time. I'm like, yo, it's a wrap. I'm going to take 50 paper towels to clean one spot. Joanne will see that. She'll see I clean the spot. She's like, uh-uh, it's a bunch of good paper here. Uh-uh, we can't be out here. Toilet uh, paper don't grow on trees. You can't just be taking it. You better take this, and you better reuse it. And I'm like, nah. Because once I got one piece of that paper dirty, all that paper is contaminated. I need something fresh. 
I need something new. It might cost me a little bit more at the grocery store, but I want a new piece of paper every time I clean something. This is the difference between us and God because we think we can take old things to clean up old ways. And God says, if you really want me to clean up your life, you can't take that old method. You can't take that old thing. You need something new. So when God allowed Jesus to come to the earth, it was like him ripping off a fresh new paper towel to clean up the stuff. And every time you mess up, this is the beautiful part about Jesus. He's so fresh and so clean in the words of outcast that every time he is used, it is like he is being used for the very first time to clean up your life. It's not like you trying to clean up your own mess. You a mess. How you gonna clean up a mess with a mess? But Jesus is fresh. So every time Jesus comes on that thing, he can wipe the slate clean in your life because every time he comes on, it's like he's never been used before. If you believe it, say amen. Got me rhyming at 40. Told y'all I was in a rap video yesterday. <laughs> I love this because when God cleans, because God is righteousness, because he is the condition that is acceptable, because God fully understands what clean is and fresh is and what new is. When he cleans, he cleans and what he uses is spotless. It's new. It doesn't bring any old dirt to the table. So Jesus is spotless. Therefore, he is qualified to clean you. Maybe some of y'all are going to get this tomorrow. But Jesus is spotless. So he's qualified to clean up your life. Let me, let me break it down like this. The words Jesus used were, let it be so to fulfill all righteousness. That's what Jesus said, right? If Jesus chooses to negate his own baptism, if Jesus does not get baptized, then guess what? He's not in full obedience to his father. If Jesus is not in full obedience to his father, full obedience... To the will of the Father is the definition of righteousness by Old Testament standards. I want you to understand that. Righteousness, as it pertains to the Old Testament, full submission. Full obedience to what? The Father. So if Jesus is not fully obedient, he is not righteous. If he is not righteous, he disqualifies himself from becoming the spotless lamb. Redemption before creation the obedient son of God. So what I'm trying to say is his willingness to obey the will of his father qualifies him to fulfill his true purpose. How does that apply to you? Some of you think you need skill to be qualified for your purpose. You don't need skill, you need obedience. Your obedience fully qualifies you for what God has purposed for you. Some of you can't seem to catch a break as it pertains to your purpose because you got all the skill in the world, you got all the gifts in the world, but you lack obedience. Be nice, pastor. Be obedient. 
Obedience qualifies Jesus to be the spotless lamb of God. And somebody needs to hear this because I'm sure you've heard this preached from a pulpit before that delayed obedience is disobedience. But full obedience to the will of the Father is righteousness, which qualifies Jesus to be the Son of God. And only God's sinless Son can save a sinful world. You see, Jesus had to submit to the process of baptism and fully obey his Father, which qualified him to be the spotless, clean fresh new Adam the first Adam came in spotless but chose to sin therefore he had to be redeemed so when Jesus comes to the world he is the second Adam he is the new Adam he is the fresh Adam he is the spotless Adam that takes away the sins of the world and Jesus fully submits to the process to show you that there is nothing he wasn't willing to do to fulfill the mission to be qualified to save your life. Shh, man. Jesus' willingness to submit was not only so that he could be qualified to save you, but him submitting to the process of baptism also shows his willingness to be connected with sinners. Baptism is a practice that we do as sinners. We go down in the water believing that our old life is left there. Believing that our sin is left there. When we come back up, what are we? A new creation in Christ Jesus. How does a new creation go down new and stay new and come back up new? He doesn't have to leave anything in the water. He is Jesus. But when you look at baptism, it actually foreshadows the cross because it means that something has to go down. Something has to be buried. What did Jesus have to leave underwater? What did Jesus have to leave in the ground? What did Jesus have to leave with him before he rose up? He had to leave sin and it wasn't his, it was yours. He that knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we will become the righteousness of God. He said, oh, Jesus died for me. True. But he really died as you. All your sin. All your shame. All your pain. In the waters of baptism, he says, because I'm fully human, I have to show humans what must be done to save them. So I'm going to submit to this process called baptism so that the old things could die. But when I come up afresh and anew, I want them to see that I have conquered death, hell, and the grave. I will not stay down and they don't have to stay down either. This is what baptism is symbolic of. Jesus identifies as you to cleanse you of your sin. He's not a sinner, but he shows us that he's willing to be human so that we would know that there is nothing that we'd ever be confronted with in life that he wouldn't understand and experience. For Hebrews 4, 15 tells me, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, the Bible says. Not in some ways. In every way. Just as who are, we are. Yet did not sin. Jesus fully submits to the process to show us
what we're supposed to look like without sin. We're so used to our sin, some of us only know what we look like in sin, but Jesus gets baptized to show us what we look like without it. Can't just submit to the process, though. Finally, you got to submit all of yourself. You got to submit all of yourself, not some of yourself, all of yourself. Matthew 3, 16 through 17 says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, I love this. This is, this is one of the most beautiful. If there's ever a, a, um, a, a time I can close my eyes after I've read the Bible and, and picture a scene, this is my favorite one to ever picture. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. And he saw the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Could you just, could you just imagine that? Jesus coming up out of the water, the spotless lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. At that moment, the sky cracks open. The Holy Spirit in the form of a dove ascends upon him and empowers him so that he can start his earthly ministry. While at the same time, an audible voice from heaven comes down, God the Father, and says, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. The most interesting thing about this passage for me is that it marks a moment in history where all three persons of the Godhead have made themselves known in the same place at the same time. Look at it in the scripture, man. That's a rare occasion. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all one place at the same time? For what? For baptism? Ba baptism put God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the same place at the same time. What was it about this moment in history that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit decided to converge on the same place and allow themselves to be available, to be noticed by the very people around them? It makes me laugh when I read this because it's like, God, we believe in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, three in one, one in three, all the same, but so different at the same time. God decides to put all of who he was into one moment in history. How beautiful is that? But let me ask you this. Knowing that God showed up to the baptism of Jesus, he decided to put all of himself in that one moment. What will you go all in for in the moments that matter most? When an occasion is important, what kind of occasion will call you to put all of yourself in it? For God, it was baptism. Why? Because he had to do it to fulfill righteousness. He had to do it to qualify his son to humanity. This is why we see them all show up. But I want this thing to apply to your life because this word will not help you if you cannot take it and apply it to your life. What moments are important enough for you for all of you to show up? 
ask yourself that question. Because faith is not a fad. It's not something that you do for a moment and then when it goes wrong, you try something else. No, at all times, you must go all in. Like, go all in with the word of God and watch it guide your life. I tried to read the Bible before. I don't understand it. It does not work. Let me tell you something. You better get an intimate knowledge of God's word so that people with a casual knowledge of God's word cannot lead you astray. You better hide the word of God in your heart so that you do not sin against God. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Go all in on your word. Watch it change your life. Go all in on serving others, man. All in on it. Don't just serve halfway. Serve all the way. Sometimes the only reason people serve is because they serve when people treat them good. Your service is not about how well people treat you. Your service is about how well you treat others in spite of how they treat you. That's what service is. Means you might have to be a doormat sometimes. Means people might take advantage of you. But I don't ever worry about if people take advantage of me because when they take advantage of me, they taking advantage of God. When you mess with a king's kid, you better watch out for the king. So I serve with reckless abandon. Now worrying about what I'm going to get for it or how they're going to treat me when I do it because I'm all in. Man, you got to be all in with generosity, being obedient. Oh, there you go. I knew somewhere in this sermon, it was 37 minutes and 57 seconds in, and the pastor started to talk about the offering. See, I get up here and I say stuff like, man, I have really good credit. I got money in the bank. How do you think that is? I'm not a business major. I'm just a student of the word. God says give 10%, I do that and I add some to it. Because I, I don't, I, see, you don't even begin generosity until you're first obedient. So I gave my tithe. No, tithe is obedience. That's not generosity. Generosity goes above and beyond. This is when you get a 30, 60, 100 fold return. It's not a coincidence that the Wilsons are blessed because the Wilsons are generous. I go all in with everything I got because nothing I got actually belongs to me. It all belongs to God so I can do more with my 90% than you can do with your 100%. Your 100% is right going from hand to hand but my 90% goes from my hand to God's hand to everybody else's hand that needs it because I'm not stingy with it. I'm generous with what God has called me to give. I go all in when I give. Go all in with this baptism today. I know some people came and decided, man, I'm going to do this before. Pastor ain't even got to ask. I came ready, but there's people out there. And you've been on the fence. Ah, I want to get baptized, but like I'm still messed up. So somebody asked me last week, Pastor, I've been wanting to get baptized, but man, I've been kind of in and out of church. And I wanted to wait till I actually got right before I got baptized. I said, you don't get baptized based upon what you can do for God. You get baptized based upon what God has done for you. I'm never going to get it all the way right. But that's not why 
I went down in the water and allowed those sins to die and came back up and declared I'm a new creation. I did that because God did that for me. I couldn't do it for myself. Go all in. See, whatever you do in this next season of your life, it's not going to require some of you. It's going to require all of you. Listen, man, yo, there's some folks out there with wisdom, and I can see the season saints shaking their head at me. It ain't going to require some of you. The older I get, I realize it requires all of me to do what God wants me to do. The greatest part about this story is this last verse. <laughs> and I'm about to teach you the key to a happy life right here. Matthew 3.17. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. If that don't get you excited, I don't know what will. This is my son whom I love. Could you imagine you doing something so well or you being so obedient to God, you literally hear his voice? Good job, son. Good job, daughter. I love you. I'm pleased with you. This is what happens at the baptism. Follow me. God the Father, get this. This, this, this statement it's a beautiful statement, but honestly, if I could be honest, it makes me laugh. There's a lot of things in the Bible I read that actually make me laugh. This is my son with whom I love. With him I am well pleased. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three in one, one in three, one in the same. This is my son with whom I love. With him I am well pleased. God the Father is so pleased with God the Son's obedience, he opens up heaven and sends God the Holy Spirit to empower him while at the same time he says out loud for others to hear how pleased he is with himself. I'm going to simplify that for you. God was pleased with himself. Did you see it? God was pleased with himself. He looked down and said, man, this is me. So I'm going to empower me with me. And I'm pleased with myself. I love myself. And I'm pleased with myself. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is me who I love. With myself I am well pleased. It makes me laugh. Because in one statement, God is giving humanity the cheat code to be pleased with themselves. See, if you just casually read that, you're going you to miss the key to being pleased with yourself in life. You want to hear it? So many of us, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm always, I'm always the happiest with myself when I'm all in. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Same place, same time. He is pleased with his obedience. He is pleased with what he has done. I'm always the happiest with myself in life when all of me is in all that I am doing. When I am all in, I am pleased 
with myself and so many people are living a life where they are not pleased with themselves or a situation knowing good and well they haven't put all of themselves into it you mad because faith ain't working but you never put all of yourself into it you mad life ain't going the way you want it to go but you never put all what if in 2021 august 29th 2021 you made a declaration in your soul that says, you know what? I'm going to be pleased with myself because I'm going to give all of myself to God in this season. Maybe I didn't do it before, but this time I don't want to leave a piece of me behind. This time I want to bring all of me to all of him because when I get all of me to all of God, not only is he pleased with me, I can be pleased with myself. I can live a life without regret. I can live a life not wishing I shoulda, coulda, woulda dumped something because I chose to bring all of myself to all of God. And not only is he pleased, I can be pleased with myself because I'm all in. If you believe it, say amen. You wanna live a life full of joy? Want to live a life full of purpose? Want to live a life full of potential? Be all in. Because you're never going to fully be satisfied with anything if you don't put all of yourself into it. With every head bowed, every eye closed. My call is simple. My call is clear. And I hope you understand the heart of my call before we baptize people and Go hang out at the food trucks and the bounce houses and all that fun stuff. You might have came for that, but God wanted some of y'all to come because for the first time in your life, he just wanted you to be all in. I don't know who I'm talking to, but with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, I know it's your birthday, but I know that when I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart he was raised from the dead, the Bible says I'm a new creation. I want to make August 29th my birthday too. I want to be a new creation in Christ. I want to go all in. I want to remember this day for the rest of my life as a day I made a decision not to come to the Lord with some of myself and then go home and go back to my nonsense. This is the day, God, that I choose to bring all of myself to you. I want to bring all of me to all of you. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, online or right here under this tent, on the count of three, don't look at your neighbor. Don't worry about what somebody else is doing. If you want to go all in for Jesus, on the count of three, boldly, confidently, unapologetically, I want you to raise your hand and say, I'm all in. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold it up high enough and long enough for me to see it. Let me see it. Hold it up. I said you and 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 you do me a favor all in ain't about halfway let's go all the way if your hands up stand up if your hands up stand up you say people gonna see me that's the whole point when you go all in stand up be proud be bold don't sit there and be who you used to be stand up and say today is my birthday I'm so proud of every standing person right now. But more than that, I pray that if you can't hear it in your ears, you're hearing it in your heart. 
the voice of the Lord wants me to say this to you. This is my son or my daughter whom I love with them. I am well pleased. Hear that over your life. I want everybody, we confess and believe, everybody, in the sound of my voice, online or right here with me, everybody repeat this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me, Lord, and to your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. Here's what we're going to do. I know usually everybody's standing and screaming, hallelujah, at this point. Listen, see that sign over there if you're standing? It says, welcome to the family. The Bible says that when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. I wish I could take this tent and part the sky for you to see, man. Angels are breakdancing. The choir is singing. They got a full spread laid out for you. I just want you to do one more thing. If you made that decision, you stood up, you said a prayer, I'm going to have you walk over there. I'm going to tell you when to do it, though. They're going to stand up and they're going to start cheering for you louder than you ever heard in your whole life. Because I want you to hear what heaven sounds like. And it's going to be for you. They got a gift. There's like a Bible, a bunch of other cool stuff that we want to make sure we give you. We want to pray with you, all that fun stuff. And if you made that decision today and you want to get baptized, let them know. We got shirts and towels and all that fun stuff for you. Or if you say, man, I've been saved. I've never been baptized. And you want to get baptized today? If you're getting baptized today, stand up. Let me see. If you heard the message and realized it's nothing you could do, but you're getting baptized for what God has done for you, and you say, man, I ain't come with the intent to get baptized, but now I want to get baptized. If that's you, you stand up. I just want to see. See? Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. I want all of y'all, on the count of three, y'all going to walk that way towards that sign. They're going to get you ready for baptism. If you don't want to get baptized, we're not forcing you. I can't force you to do that. It's your decision. When they start walking, y'all start going crazy. Here we go. Online, y'all go crazy too. Here we go. One, two, three. Let's go. Let them know. Let them know. Walk right over there, family. for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.